I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll podcast. All right, and today we got a good one for you guys. So basically, I introed last week what... We're going to be scouting this week, and this is going to be, again, uh, full games that I've watched, breaking down these players in these games. These are all scoutable draft picks. Everybody that's there in mock drafts and talks for high NBA draft picks, all the, all the above. So I'm going to go ahead and intro who we're going to talk about today. Uh, watch USC versus Auburn this week. So we got Aiden Holloway to talk about, Isaiah Collier, who's a top five pick projected Ronnie James, which is the first game back from his heart issue. Arton Page, 6'9", ESPN Top 100 guy. Kobe Johnson, which is going to sometimes find in the second round of mocks. And then um, the next game, we watch Baylor versus Duke. Got Jacoby Walter uh, playing in that game, who's a top five, top ten pick. Jalen Bridges, who's anywhere from a late to early second. And then Yavis Messi, a lot of people have um, in the first round. And then we got Duke, we got um, Kyle Filipowski, who's a late first and or second round draft pick for a lot of people. Tyrus Proctor did not play, who's the point guard who's supposed to be a first round draft pick. And Mark Mitchell did, uh, he played and he's supposed to be a late second at best right now. Next game we watched is Miami versus Kentucky. Justin Edwards played, who's supposed to be a first round draft pick. Dewan Wagner played, who's supposed to be a second. Reed Shepard played, who was moving up in tra- mock drafts. Rob Dillingham played, who was moving up in mock drafts. Aaron Bradshaw did not play. And then Miami, we have Wooga Popular, which is anywhere late first to early second. Nor Chad Ormir, some people have in the second round of their mocks. Matthew Cleveland, who some people have in their second round of mocks. And then we have uh, Tennessee versus Illinois. Terrence Shannon, which anybody have from the lottery to the second round. Coleman Hawkins, who's supposed to be, some people have him in the second round. Fred, um, Freddie Lillone did not play. JPL Stroll did not play. Cameron Carr did not play. But this main guy that talked about is Dalton from Tennessee. Then we had Clemson versus Pitt. P.J. Hall, 6'10", from Clemson. Most people have in the first or second round. Carlton Carrington, who's in the first round of mocks for a lot of people. And since we're recording this on you know Christmas week, this is going to be dropped on the Thursday of Christmas week. I'm going to add an extra guy. Usually we've got five doing six this week, and we're doing a guy that's flying into draft boards. Anywhere from the second to the first round, A.J.I. Mitchell from UC Santa Barbara. All right, let's go ahead and kick it to these breakdowns. First man up, first team up that I'm going to go ahead and break down is Isaiah Collier. He's really the main guy from this USC team, number one recruit coming out of high school. Through 11 games, his shooting splits are, he's averaging 16 a game, 4.3 assists, 1.4 steals, 49% 49% field goal percentage, 70% free throw percentage, and 30% for the three-point line. So, you know, watching him play in this game, it definitely cemented the general thought process around the 6 4 four-point guard is he's one heck of a passer. I mean, the guy's pass, he makes us say, wow, watching him pass the basketball four to five times a game, where you're like, wow, how, how did he see that? Wow, how did he fit that in there? Wow, how did he make that pass so much on the line right into the shooting, you know, right in the shooter's pocket, right? It's extremely accurate passes. The ability to make tough passes seem simple is really impressive. Isaiah Collier has a real natural feel and gift for passing the basketball. Um, you know what I mean? We talk about him 
He is 6'4", and still one of his best traits is getting downhill and get finishing at the rim. He can really finish through the contact. Dude's really strong. He understands how to jump into the defender's bodies and finish at the rim or go to the free throw line. He's really efficient with it. You know what I mean? And he can get downhill and finish at the rim as well. Has a good handle. It's not like overly flashy, but it's very functional. And I definitely feel like, you know, it's just really good. He has flashes a good pull at mid-range shot. Every once in a while, you'll see him do some three-point shot creation. Um, you know what I mean? He has the frame to be a better defender, but right now he's below average. It, it, I think it might be a lack of one-two, maybe, or understanding of how-to. Um, he's just raw defensively, and it's probably just going to take a few years in the NBA getting taught how to defend better that he can probably unlock his potential defensively because, you know, he's 6'4", really strong, and he's built like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's one heck of a defender. And, you know, I comp him to Drew Holiday with his body frame and his athletic gifts. Like, Drew Holiday's an extremely strong human being. And if you watch Drew Holiday play UCLA, you'll see, like, oh, yeah, he moves exactly like Isaiah Collier. Um, right now, though, I have a very, very good comp for him. Scoring-wise, he reminds me a lot of Deron Williams. Deron Williams was a 6-3, point guard for the Utah Jazz coming out of Illinois, played for the Brooklyn Nets, averaged 20 and 11 for a while. There's a point in time where people are like, oh, is he better than CP3, who's the best point guard in the league? A big point guard that had really elite passing skill. That, that Deron Williams comp is nothing other than you can you can take one thing to the bank about Isaiah Collier is he's a really elite passer. The fact that I have to bring up a name like Deron Williams to comp to him is all respect to his passing ability. Yeah, because it's, it's really elite. There's a really natural gifts there. And, you know, Deron Williams' scoring skill was a little more raw, and it took time for it to develop. But there's a point in time Deron Williams can get you a bucket. You know what I mean? But just an extremely efficient pick-and-roll operator. A really big-bodied guard. And I definitely feel like Isaiah Collier has similar skill sets. You know what I mean? Right now, I have him grade 3 through 5 draft pick in the draft. Um, that's really high for me. Um, but if that 30% three-point shot... Because right a few weeks ago, he was at 33. So if, if it does go but at low 30... And if it stays that way at the end of the draft season, then I will move from down a little bit down the list because of the inefficiencies at the three-point line. Um, but, you know, right now I'm guessing he'll he'll stick around low 30s. Low 30s, three-point percentage, and then I'll stick with his draft grade. You now, it's really fun to watch. He's a really interesting prospect, and his passing is just so elite. He's so ready to make teams better. He makes USC better. Alrighty, the next man up to break down in that game, the I mean, hottest name value that you can find right now is Bronny James. Again, he did have that heart issue that held out for most of the season. So far, he's played three games. He's shooting 30% from the three-point line, 33% field goal percentage, averaging five points a game, one assist, uh, one steal. So, you know, in that game, he looked very... What's the way I want to put this? Very, like he wasn't back in the flow skill-wise yet. Like he did not look like an NBA draft pick. I'll keep it blunt. I'll keep it blunt. And all he looked like was an above average defender and a pretty decent three-point shooter, but there just wasn't much ability of him being able to do much else other than that. And he didn't really look that elite defensively. He didn't look as elite athletically as we thought coming out of high school. And, you know, I thought he'd be a better defender as well and a better passer as well. So I think a lot of it has to do with just rust and, you know, coming off that injury, coming off of those issues. I think it's going to take him a minute. I, I don't think this Bronny James that I have an undrafted grade on is going to be the same Bronny James that we're going to scout later in the year. So that's what my take, take on him so far. All right, so the next man up from the USC team is Kobe Johnson. Kobe Johnson is a let's bring it up here, six six guard from USC. Right now, he's averaging eleven points per game. Let's see here: five rebounds, three assists, two steals. He's shooting forty percent field goal percentage, twenty eight percent three point percentage. In this game, I definitely feel like 
you know, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but he definitely confirmed to me that he is not a NBA draft prospect. You know, he doesn't really show anything. Uh, he's not like a world-class athlete where he can overcome these lack of good shooting splits or world-class shot creator. Sure, is he okay at getting to the rim? Yeah. Does he have some raw flashes of shot creation here and there? Yeah. I mean, I expected him to be a better defender with the 6'6 length. Um, he's a solid college basketball player, but you know what I mean? I have an undrafted graph, draft grade on him, and I don't see that really changing. And the 28% three-point shot is not helping him at all. So, you know, I just don't – I'm not seeing it right now from Kobe Johnson. And uh, go ahead and go to the last man breakdown. is Arden Page. Played 11 games this year, 3.6 points, 2.3 rebounds, uh, five assi- no, 0.5 assists, 45% field goal percentage, 33% three-point percentage, 6'9". Um, this guy is still extremely fluid and extremely athletic. The more I think about him, the more I think that he's probably not as a high upside draft pick than I thought earlier in the year because the more you think about 6'9 at center position, it just sounds un unwarranted. Um, and even though he's shooting really well from the three-point line, he's only taken like five to eight shots from the three-point line this year. So that 33% three-point percentage needs to be taken with a great assault. So right now I have him great as an undrafted center. Um, but, you know, he has some long-term upside for USC. And, you know, if that three-point shot ever develops, he'll, he'll play an NBA draft pick. Because, man, that dude's hard. That dude's so fluid, athletic, gifted. And, uh, yeah, that's my take on them. Alrighty. All right, so next... Next up, part of that game is Aiden Holloway, who played against USC. Um, you know, if you guys listened to our first one of our first few podcasts, we were losing our mind about Aiden Holloway, and he's still, you know, the eye test is still amazing. He's he's a very good passer. He is an extremely elite deep three point shot creator for himself, and you know, shows flashes of getting to the rim. But, you know, he's he's going to move from being a top five pick to undrafted because his shooting splits are terrible. Um, he's shooting 39% for the three-point line through 11 games and 36% from the field goal percentage um, and 77% from the free throw line. So, you know, this this guy is shooting well from the three-point line for the extremely tough shots he's making. 39% is insane for the Dame Lillard type shots that he takes. Um, You know, but right now it's just too inefficient. The only saving grace is Keontae George had really terrible field goal percentage last year and had really tough shot creation. And he got drafted in a lot and like number 18th pick in the draft. And I would definitely say Aiden Holloway's shot creation is tougher than him, but you know, it's, it's going to have to continue to be shown that he can do that. But when he talks about Aiden Holloway, he has top five pick tape, like eye test. And whenever the shooting percentages and the shooting splits come around, if it's this year, if it's next year, if it's the years after that, whenever it does happen, he will be a top five pick because his three-point shot creation is insane. It is the best stuff I've seen in the last four years, and it's not even close. Um, this This guy has the eye test of a superstar on an NBA basketball team. But, you know, he's got to figure it out shooting splits wise. And it it's it was like 34% a few games ago, field goal percentage. So that's the real thing. The field goal percentage is really important because he's got he's to be able to prove they can consistently finish at the rim and the two in, inside the arc better. And those are the weaknesses of his game right now. So those are the things that he has to get better at. Shooting splits got to get better before we can start talking about him as a draft pick. But if they ever do get together, even if it's this year, it'll be the same thing because this guy's eye test is insane. I mean, his passing ability is great. It's Trey Youngish, honestly. And his three point shot creation is a little Trey Youngish as well. And it's just raw right now. So whenever the shooting splits come around, the field goes percentage specifically, he will be a guy that will be amazing. Just if I had to give him advice, take your time because you have unbelievable skill. Unbelievable. Just let these shooting splits eventually, even if it's not this year, if, even if it's not the year after that, even if it's not the year after the yeah, there's going to come a point in time where it's going to click. 
shooting splits wise. Whenever that happens, he's going to be the man of that draft class. Uh, he could be the number one pick, honestly, of that draft class because it's just that special. So, yeah, Aiden Holloway. Alrighty, so the next game to break down is Baylor versus Duke. And that was a really big game. So we're going to go ahead and break down the really big name guy that from Baylor University that people really want to talk about is Jacoby Walter. Um, so his shooting splits through 12 games is 15 points per game off of three rebounds, 1.5 assists, one steal, a 44% field goal percentage, 88 free throw percentage, which is insane. 40% three point percentage, which is also insane. Um, you know, when you talk about Jacoby Walter, I feel like two things are moving in opposite directions. One thing that's moving in the, from opposite direction, what I think, you know, I thought coming out of high school was I thought we would see more shot creation off the dribble. You know, I only really saw one flash of it, and it was in the mid range. Um, it was a nice move, but you know what I mean? It wasn't. It's not really at the same quality and quantity that we were expecting coming out of the high school. Um, but one thing that is blowing my mind, though, is his off-ball movement is insane. I mean, yeah, he's extremely late coming on off-ball screens and doing that type of thing. Like, he's a, a genuinely an elite off-ball mover. I mean, you can run plays with him, pick in dribble handoffs, all those type of things as well. Um, and one thing that I feel like even more so is even when there's no screen and play set up for him to come off those screens and become be a shooting shooting threat is when somebody has the ball in their hands there's no screen around and he relocates to a better spot for him to get a pass to shoot a three i mean he scores six points a game off of just that and it's just really elite he's so elite at it he has a really good natural feel for understanding what what the guy in the ball in their hands can see and understanding what's the best angle for him to make that pass and jumping that to that space and playing off that defender and going to the right page, right place. I mean, there let's, let me throw out a name here. Who's Contavious Caldwell Pope has been a off ball mover for a while, right? He's really experienced. Jacoby Walter is as smart as Contavious Caldwell Pope at that right now. Like, he's just so ridiculously advanced at it. It's impressive. He's he's really great at it. And he's going to get a few easy points in the NBA off of that, too. And it's the shooting splits off of his abilities, which is the 40% and 88%. It's just unreal. Those are crazy high shooting splits. And you know what I mean? And he just seems like a, such a smooth basketball player. You know, the sh- flashes that you see once a game of shot creation leave to there's a little smidge of upside there. But you know that the floor is a, an extremely elite three-point shooter. You know what I mean? He can definitely get to the rim and draw fouls. And he's, a, would say, a average to below average defender. Because he's a thinner guy, um, but as he puts on more muscle, he'll definitely come around a little bit more. So in a six-five frame, it's it's a decently tall two guard. So you know, right now that's where I have him. I have him six through eight draft pick. I don't have him in the top five anymore as a draft pick quality player, but you know, six through eight is where I have him at this moment in time. Alrighty, gonna go ahead and talk about the next man up on that team. Let's see here. Jalen Bridges. Talk about a guy that's just so much fun to talk about. He's definitely somebody that's been in the draft process for a minute here. Let's talk about Jalen Bridges. He is listed at 6'9". He's a senior. I'm pretty sure he's a senior. Played 12 games this year. Uh, Let's see here. 10 points a game, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. Field goal percentage is uh, 48%. 86% free throw percentage and 43% three point percentage. Now, when you, when you hear those numbers, I'm I'm understanding exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, this guy's one heck of a shooter. I bet you a little slower guy, you know, he's a draft prospect because you could shoot the cover off the ball. Well, when you turn on the game, you see Jalen Bridges is probably the most athletic player on the floor, and then you're like, whoa. Really, like this guy is an athlete and he's strong and he's big and he's you know what I mean and he can move and he's a great on ball defender you know what I mean and this is a guy that is an elite 
look, when you're shooting at 43% for the three-point line, and they're starting to run some off-ball screens for him, I was like, wait, I've never seen Jalen Bridges run an off-ball screen with him in the, you know, as a shooter in those type of situations, and it was really interesting. Um, you know, he's, he's he definitely can get to the rim and finish. He's six nine, lanky. He can be super switchable. So I have him as a really highly rated three and D guy. You know, is he a senior? Yeah, is he ever going to be more than a three and D guy? No, but. You're shooting at a 40% and you can defend like that and you're that kind of athlete? Like, hello. You know, so right now I have him graded to 22 through 26, right? And, you know, me personally, a team that would be a perfect fit for is Dallas Mavericks. Hopefully they draft him because, man, would his size and length and shooting would be amazing. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be in that range in the 20s that are going to be playoff teams. They're like, oh, we got everything else we need, role players. And he is an extremely elite role player. He might even be good enough to be a starting 3D guy. Uh, but at the very least, he could be a rotational 3D guy because dude shoots the cover of the ball. 3D is shooting threes and defending, and dude's, dude's got it all. And switchability and the ability to guard multiple positions is really important from wings in the current NBA. He could definitely do that. He can go guard Steph. Now, is anybody going to guard Steph really well? No, but he can guard guards like that, right? So, you know, he's special. He's a, he's a special 3 and D guy shooting the cover off the ball. It's really good for him because it used to be like mid-30s. He's really making, taking a really high jump, three-point percentage-wise. He's always been a really good athlete. So, yeah, it's good for him. Good for him. And the size that he has also will help him defensively because a lot more of defense is being able to put your shoulder into somebody and, you know, bump and all those type of things. And the, the little things that aren't noticed very much in the NBA is really important. Alrighty, we're going to go ahead and move on to the last player that we've really got to talk about from this Baylor team is Yavis Messi. So he's played 11 games. He's averaging... 10 points a game, 6.5 rebounds, uh, 2.3 blocks, 63% field goal percentage, 51% free throw percentage. Yeah, I mean, he's a poor free throw shooter. Now, the really, really key thing here is coming out of high school, he's listed at 6'10". And game one, I watched him play. I watched him. I was like, he looks six foot ten. I don't think, you know, six foot ten is a tough height to make it in the NBA. He reminds me of somebody, but he's a little taller. And then I watched him play against Kyle Filipowski in this game, who's listed at seven foot. Even if he's not seven foot, he's six foot eleven. I'm like, he's the same height as Kyle Filipowski. So now I have him higher. Right now I have him the height of six foot eleven, which is a big difference between six foot ten. And, you know, he's such a good athlete. He's really good vertically. He's definitely, you know, those two three two point three blocks are not, you know, fluff stuff stats at all. He defends the rim extremely well. He really gave Kyle Filipowski issues. Oh my goodness. Kyle Filipowski had a tough night against this guy because he's so athletic. And Kyle Filipowski has a really great skill, but he was able to keep up with everything. And he you know, blocked a few of his shots and made it really tough for him. And, you know, Messi's got that really good blend of good athletic gifts and strength, right? And strength is so important at the center position because if you are not strong enough, you're going to get moved on the rebounds. You're going to get moved inside. And you know what you're also going to get moved down is when people jump into your body and finish through you as a center position, which basically everybody does, right? Everybody's jumping into people's bodies and then finishing through them at the rim, right? That's the way everybody's taught. And if you're not a stronger center, you're not going to be able to defend that at all. And he is definitely somebody that's strong enough to do that, but athletic enough to be, you know, switchable-ish. I don't think he's going to be able to guard, like, super elite quick guards in the NBA, but he can definitely show on pick and rolls and things of that nature. Uh, somebody that he reminds me so much of, and he reminded me of last time we watched him play, I just couldn't throw out the comp because he wasn't the same height, is Mitchell Robinson starting center for the New York Knicks, really strong, 
really great rebounder. I forgot to mention Messi is a really good rebounder, um, really good shot blocker at the rim, good screener, really good lob threat. Forgot to mention Messi is a really good lob threat as well. Kind of switchable and a really good mix of speed and strength is what Mitchell Robinson is. And that's what Yamavis Messi is. So right now I have him graded through 10 through 12 draft pick. I have him in the lottery. It, you know, he's definitely a guy that I feel like is extremely safe to be a starting center at some point in time in the NBA. And, you know, that's a really good thing to have. And, you know, Messi's moving up the board. It's good to watch. Fun, fun watch. Alrighty, so the next team to break down in that game is going to be the Duke on the side from the Baylor. So, you know, since Tyrese Proctor didn't really play in the game, we don't really have to break him down. Um, I could break down Mark Mitchell really quickly. So Mark Mitchell is a guy who's averaging 11 a game. Uh, six nine, uh, 54, uh, 50, 40, 45% field goal percentage and 5% for the three point line. Yes, I did just say 5%. That's why I'm going to keep this really short and quick. Uh, NBA players don't exist that are not Ben Simmons. <laughs> okay. He's not at 5% three point percentage. They, they just don't. Um, he would be a role player if he could shoot the three ball in the NBA as like a three and D guy. So if his, Upside is 3D, but you shoot 5% from the three-point line. We're not going to be talking NBA draft or even summer league with this guy because it's just beyond poor. So I don't know if he's a junior, sophomore, whatever it is. He needs to stay until he's a senior or this three-point percentage uh, kicks up a a gear because he can get to the rim decently, and he's you know an average defender, nothing super special there. But, yeah, there's no reason to spend too much time talking about him. So, you know, the main guy that played in that game since the point guard didn't play is Kyle Filipowski, averaging 17.9 points per game, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, almost two blocks, 50% field goal percentage, 30% three-point percentage, and 72% free throw percentage, and he's played 11 games. So, you know, Kyle is he's, he's a sophomore. He's definitely an improved passer still. I definitely feel like he's a good passer for the center position. His post footwork is still really elite. Um, you know, he has a good face up game and he shows like a unique handle and being able to shot create off the handle. It's a unique combination that he has going there. Um, you know, definitely feel like his three point shot is kind of what would sell him in the NBA, but he's been teetering around 30%. It's been lower from the 30% most of this year. If he can finish the around the season lower, high, low 30s, then, you know, that'd be nice improvement. But right now I have him graded as 26. I pick on the, uh, not 26 on my, he's 26 on my big board, 22 through 26 draft pick. I definitely feel like Yavis Messi, an NBA prospect, definitely showed his lack of athletic gifts plus strength is really going to be an issue in the NBA because he got pushed around extremely easily. He got pushed around rebounds extremely easily. A lot of his really great footwork stuff met an unmovable force in this game that really shut him down, honestly. It was, I've never seen Kyle Filipowski have such a tough time to get a shot off. Like the post moves off, and it wasn't a good sight for him. Um, So right now, I still have him 22 to 26. He could move down lower in the draft board the more I think about it, but you know, it's it's he's an interesting, very unique one on one prospect. Um, you know, his shooting splits should definitely hopefully come around more for three point shot. So yeah. Alright, so the next game up on this list is going to be Miami versus Kentucky. And um we're gonna go ahead and break down Miami first. So the big guy that people want to talk about is Wuga Popular. He's six five. Um, he's averaging 17.5 points per game, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, 53% field goal percentage, 87% free throw percentage, and 50% three-point percentage. And no, he's not playing like one to two games. He's played 11 games this year. That three-point percentage is insane. I really doubt he's going to stay 50% the whole season. But, you know, 40% three-point shooter, I think we can You know, when you talk about Wuga, it's a really interesting game. Um, you know, he's a very good athlete. He is somebody that even though has a really great three point shot percentage, his specialty is shot creating in the mid range. He has a beautiful mid range shot. It's extremely elite. 
He shows some shot creation off the dribble. That's NBA level, um, but it's all in the mid range. You know what I mean? And you know the, but he's also a very good on ball defender, and he could definitely finish at the rim well because he's a good athlete. You know, I have a very unique take on him because you know the, the floor is three and D two guard because that fifty percent three point shot paired with a good defender can put him on an NBA team for like eight years because he's elite at both of those two things, and you can stick around in the NBA for a minute. Now, the mid-range shot creation where things get interesting because he's so elite at it, and he shows NBA shot creation ability from the mid-range, and he shoots so efficiently from the three-point line, you know, there is upside that that his mid-range shot creation could, in the future, move to the three-point line. Right, because it's not like a three point shot is his weakness. It's not like he can't shoot it. It's not like it's not there. He shoots fifty percent from the three point line. It's there. Right? And the shot creation and the skill and the moves and the understanding of how to break down the defender are all there, right? But he's not doing it at the three point line. And the mid range shot is viewed as not as efficient of a shot. Right? But when you pair the understanding, the mental understanding of how to get a shot off, he understands the footwork. The footwork's already there. The angle, understanding how to expose angles and be fundamentally sound in the footwork. And, like, that's all there. That's all there. He doesn't need to develop that. There's, It's all there. It just needs to be done at the three-point line. He just needs the reps to do it at the three-point line. So I do think that a lot of people have him in the second round because the mid-range shot is not as you know, sexy, and it is not as big time as that three-point shot creation. It's not as big in the NBA. And will he do that year one? No. But there can be an argument made that he can take his understanding of how to shot create to the three-point line. Because again, it's not like he can't shoot a three-point shot. He already can shoot it well, it's just that shot creation needs to move to the three-point line for him to, it to be more valuable. Um, and I'm saying there's potential there for him to become that. So he has a unique blend of really explosive upside, uh, but it's not really guaranteed because he's not really doing it at Miami. And a really good floor because a 3 and D is his floor. And uh, you know what I mean? So I have him great as a anywhere from 18 through 20 pick. I definitely feel like there's a lot of upside there in a unique floor value. Um, you know what I mean? And he's he's an intriguing player for sure. Uh, you know, somebody that did do the same thing, but he showed a little bit more flashes from the three-point line was Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas was a world-class mid-range shot creator at LSU. Now, Wuga shoots a three-point shot way better than Cam Thomas did. I think Cam Thomas is like 32% uh, three-point percentage. It was really low. Uh, but he had really great footwork, really great understanding, really good shot creation ability from the mid-range. It was extremely elite. And that man's dude, I mean, Cam Thomas. Also, that's a victory lap that I can always take. I had Cam Thomas like 13 on my big board. Uh, he was drafted 26 or 27th in the draft. So I can always, you know, have victory laps on that. But you know what I mean? This It's a similar thing where there's some upside here based on the mid-range shot creation um, and the footwork that's there for Wuga. And, you know what I mean? That's where I'm thinking that there's some upside here. There's there's upside with Wuga. And I'm I'm higher on him a little people, but, you know, I I believe in skill being able to translate when there's a three-point shot there. It'd be different if he was shooting 25% from the three-point line. Be like, well, he shoots so well from the mid-range, but he's not going to... There's no guarantees that... Or the belief that it could be a three-point shot creator one day. So... Yeah, I have him graded 18 to 20. Really unique prospect uh, that's in this draft class. So yeah, 18 to 20. It was, it was definitely pleasantly surprising. Alrighty. So the next guy that break down is Norchad Omir. He's their center. He's six foot seven, 16.7 points per game, nine rebounds, uh, 59%. Field goal percentage, 31%, three-point percentage. I'm just going to be honest here. Uh, even though he shoots 31%, three-point percentage, this is an undrafted prospect because he's not good enough to be super elite to farting, guarding forwards. He's one of those really strong guys that you know can be a small ball center in college. But six foot seven is a no-go in the NBA. 
he would be a forward, but the 31% three-point percentage is just not there good enough yet. So, you know, he's he's a pretty solid college basketball player, but I don't view him as an NBA prospect at all. I have an undrafted grade on him. And the next guy to break up, break down from that Miami team is uh, Matthew Cleveland, who is six foot seven. You know what I mean? He's a pretty above average defender. You know, he's averaging uh, 15 points per game, five rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.5 steals, 58% field goal percentage, 74% free throw percentage, 41% three point percentage. I would just like to say, who's ever coaching these guys how to shoot threes um, <laughs> needs a raise because there's just, just a, I've never seen anything like it. One, two, three, four, five. There's five guys on their team that shoot 40% from three point line or higher this year, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, who's ever coaching these guys how to shoot is doing a great job. Uh, but yeah, you know, Matthew Cleveland looks like a guy that's, you know, he's a below, he's an average athlete. He's an okay defender on ball, but the three-point shot is really where it's at for him for the 4% three-point percentage. You know, he doesn't really do anything else other than that. So he does have a chance to be a, a bench 3-and-D player in the NBA. So I have him graded as a 36 through 40 draft pick in the NBA. You know what I mean? A earlier second round draft pick. We're going to teams are going like, well, there's no guarantee that he's going to be a, a 3D guy because can he defend well enough? That's going to be a question mark. He's a thinner guy as well. It, you know, it's going to take time to put on muscle, but there's a chance that he could stick as like the 10th, 11th, 12th guy on a uh, NBA basketball team. So he shoots, shoots the cover off the ball. 40% is elite. So yeah. That's uh, Miami players. We're going to go ahead and kick it to the Kentucky. Alrighty, so the next part of this game is the Kentucky Wildcats. So we're going to go ahead and break down a few of these guys here. Uh, one of the bigger names on this list is Justin Edwards. Uh, six foot seven. Let's see, go over stats. Played 11 games. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 10 points a game, 4.6 rebounds, uh, one assist, one steal, 46% field goal percentage, 25% three-point percentage. You know, this is one of his better games. That's probably the best game that I've seen so far. Um, he looked very elite. He looked very elite athletically. He was really dominant, honestly. I mean, he really dominated the game athletically. Defensively, he looked incredible. Very good. He's a very strong, good athlete, and he's got a really good handle. And one thing that I criticized last game that he showed a lot more was getting to the rim. I mean, he really got to the rim in extremely elite ways. Um, this game it was extremely impressive. He still do see some flashes of some raw shot creation off the dribble, uh, but his athletic gifts are really just so elite. So. Right now, I'm granted 14 through 18 pick in the draft. Um, you know, hopefully the three point percentage comes up because 25% is really low. Um, if it stays that low, he'll move down my big board because, you know, efficiency concerns. Uh, but right now, I have him 14 through 18. He definitely got a lot better from game one to game two. And yeah. The next man up in that game is Dewan Wagner, 6'2 point guard. Right now he's averaging 11 a game, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, 40% field goal percentage, 73% free throw percentage, and 27% from the 3 point percentage. <clears throat> right now he is looking like somebody that's 
He honestly doesn't show any scoring skill outside of just being able to get to the rim, but even his ability to get to the rim is not just just not that elite. It, it, offensively, he's just looking extremely raw right now. Um, defensively, he's, he's a pretty good defender, but right now the three-point shot and the lack of scoring skill and how raw it's looking have me great as an undrafted draft pick at this moment in time. All right, next man to break down from that game is six-foot Rob Dillingham. Right now, he's averaging through 11 games played, 14 points, 4.3 assists, 46% field goal percentage, 44% three-point percentage, and 71% free throw percentage. His shooting splits are looking so good. Um, you know what I mean? And he's so quick and fast. He can really shot create so well in the pick and roll. He can shot create off the dribble for the three-point line in the mid-range, and he looks like he can guy. He can finish at the rim. He looks like a very solid passer. He plays two-guard for Kentucky, but his passing has really impressed me so far, and it keeps on impressing me. And the more he shows those passing skills, the more you can believe that he can be a point guard, which is really his ideal position because six-foot-two guards do not exist. So he needs to keep on walking out there and improving. I am a point guard because he has all the skill to overcome six foot point guard, right? I mean, his quickness, his ability to shot create, he's got it all. Um, and you know, he, he could pr- improve finishing at the rim, but right now I have him graded through 12 through 14 pick. I've seen enough passing at this moment in time to really think that he could be a point guard. He keeps on proving it. He's, he, he walks out there and shot creates and does amazing NBA level shot creation in every game. He's got some upside to it. I mean, Rob Dillingham, to me, right now, is a lottery pick. 12 through 14, I'm high in them. And if he keeps on proving that passing, he's leading their team in assists. He's leading their team in assists. That's 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 really impressive. That's really impressive. So, hey, man, Rob Dillingham is the real deal right now. And it's really impressive and fun to watch. All right, so the last man to break down from this Kentucky Wildcat team that had a really... Shot the cover off the ball in this game. He had like 24, 27 points. He's 6'2", Reed Shepard. Um, you know, he's still slow and in slow. It, he's not, he's a below average athlete in the NBA. Extremely elite three-point procedures. Let me go over these splits real quick. 12 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 2.8 steals, um, 58% field goal percentage, 90% free throw percentage, and 57% three-point percentage. He's played in 11 games. That three-point percentage is insane. Uh, you know, when we're talking about Reed Shepard, he's shooting the cover off the ball right now. He's a very elite three-point shooter, and he's a, he's a good passer. He's an okay finisher at the rim, nothing overly amazing there. Um, he has an odd natural feel for stealing the basketball. He just understands passing lanes. He has a good feel for when people are going to, what kind of move they're going to try to get into. It's a unique feel. It's a unique skill. Uh, and, you know, right now, I still do think that his lack of athletic gifts really put a ceiling on how good of he could be. Um, but he definitely, right now, seems like to me that he can be a backup point guard in the league. Because he can shoot the cover off the ball, really efficient in the pick and roll, make your team better, has a good feel for getting some steals and getting some causing turnovers on the other end as well. So I definitely feel like right now he gives he he could be a backup point guard in the NBA and overcome his very 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 slow attributes. So right now having great thirty six through forty a high second round draft pick. Um, so yeah, he's he's done really well for himself. He I never would have thought that he'd be this good coming out of high school. Alrighty, the next game to break down is Tennessee versus Illinois. I'm going to go ahead and start with Tennessee. There's only one real guy that we got to talk about, we got to break down. That's Dalton Necht, 6'6". Um, he's averaging 15.7 points per game, 1.5 assists, 4.3 rebounds, 45% field goal percentage, 80% free throw percentage, and 38% three-point percentage. 
this has, this guy's one heck of an elite off ball mover. You know, we saw that last last time we played, and uh, I will also like to say that he was getting guarded by Taron Sheridan the whole game, so he got some really elite defense to play against. So I got to see a lot of good tape. Um, he's just still such an elite off ball mover to try to get good three point looks, elite standstill three point shooter. He gets to the rim better than you expect. He's an above average passer for the two guard position. Um, but something that he definitely does that unique this game is running the pick and roll as a ball handler. I was blown away at how good he is in the pick and roll as a ball handler. I mean, he could get to the rim. He could pull up for the mid-range shot. He could shoot the three ball right off the pick and roll if you don't go over the screen. Like, he put people in really tough situations. And he really does a really good job of faking with his eyes that he's going to shoot. He could really hesitate the center that way really well. Um, And it was really nice to watch. It was a really big surprise. I did not see that coming at all. It's really an elite skill to have, to have somebody that can do all the off-ball movement stuff and then run the pick and roll as a two-guard, as a 6'6 guy. Wow. Okay, interesting. Um, And he showed some shot creation off the handle, off no pick and roll involved, where he's getting some tough mid-range pull-up shots, which was really impressive. Um, So, you know, he reminds me so much of Max Struess in this frame and being how tall he is and the way his body is built. Uh, You know, he reminds me of Desmond Bain's skill or Austin Reeves' skill. You know, the more I think about it, the more I think Austin Reeves is the best comp I can have for him because this Austin Reeves does something unique that most most elite three-point shooters can't do. Grady Dick can't do it, you know. Guys like Jet Howard can't do it. Um, the kid from Kansas that came drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers can't do it. Duncan Robinson can't do it. Max Struess can't do it. Guys like J.J. Reddick couldn't do it, right? The uniqueness of being a pick-and-roll operator is just so rare. I haven't seen a guy of that off-ball prototype be a pick-and-roll runner, an operator, since I've been doing these drafts. Um, it was really impressive to see how smooth he was in that pick and roll, and how natural it was. And, you know, just like Austin Reeves, he can give you a ridiculously efficient 16-18 in a game where he shoots the cover off the ball shooting splits-wise and gives you really efficient scoring. And, you know, just like Austin Reeves, I, I even though Austin Reeves wasn't as highly drafted as he should have been, you know, I have him grade 8 through 10. The, I'm telling you, pick and roll operating two guards that can do all the off-ball stuff is just so rare. So rare. And that's why I feel like Austin Reeves' comp makes some sense. And Austin Reeves is just one, an efficient guy. So efficient at scoring his 15 to 16. And it's valuable. It's valuable. So, yeah, that is Dalton Necht. We're going to go ahead and kick it to Illinois. Really quickly, going to go over Coleman Hawkins. Um, he's a guy that I had on as an on-draft grade last last time. He's still shooting under 30% for the three-point line. He's 6'10". He's extremely thin. He doesn't really anything else other than shoot threes in college. So I still don't have him as a draft-worthy prospect, even though some people still do have him in the second rounds. And then the man of the hour, Terrence Shannon. Let me just say this. Wow. 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 Terrence Shannon. I talked about last podcast, Terrence Shannon. Somebody you're going to want to tune in to listen to me talk about. Wow. Let's go over these shooting splits real quick. Played 11 games so far this year. 21% 21 points per game. Uh, four rebounds, 2.5 assists, one steal, one block. For 51% field goal percentage, 77% free throw percentage, and 40% three-point percentage. Wow. Okay. Um, holy Terrence Shannon. Okay. Let's let's get in, get on to this. Terrence Shannon. You know, because you're hearing these stat splits. He's also 6'6". I would like to state that. 6'6", two guard. 
you're thinking to yourself, okay, this guy's probably, you know, just a normal average athlete, really skilled guy, probably some mid-range shot creator. What if I told you that Terrence Shannon was a very good athlete, and if I had to put his athletic gifts into perspective, I'd comp him to Jalen Brown. Okay, well, wow. Okay, let's get it going here. You know what I mean? Like, Terrence Shannon's life story is so fun and interesting, too. Because two years ago, he was playing on Texas Tech. He was on one of my big boards back then, and it's like a second-round draft pick. Because he was a 3 and D guy. Didn't average more than 7 a game. And they told him, like, okay, you're only averaging 7 a game. You're a 3 and D guy. We definitely don't think you're going to be anything more than a second-round draft pick. Just because there's no shot creation there at all. He goes and transfers to Illinois, averages like 17 a game off of shooting splits were worse then. It was like 32% three-point percentage. And he had one big weakness, right? His big weakness is he's a left-handed player. He couldn't really go right. And the three-point shoot, shooting splits wanted to be better, right? So he, you know what he does? <laughs> he comes back this year, and now you watch him go right, and you're like, oh, he could go right just as well as he could go left. Oh, wow, nobody could do anything with him. Oh, yeah, and he's also shooting 40% for the three-point line. Okay, so... You know, we're talking about his skill and his eye test, and in the we're talking about. I'll finish that point off there. This guy's a worker. This guy is a guy that's always working on his skills. He seems like one of those guys that's one percent in his ability to work and get better and take criticism, take criticism, work on it, and become better. And he's wowing. And then let's let's go over this. This guy is so special because he's running the pick and roll a ton at Illinois. He's their main pick and roll operator. He shot creates from the deep three-point line. Uh, <laughs> he can get to the rim and finish so elitely because he's 6'6". Oh, yeah, and I said he's an elite athlete. He's also ripped. Like, the dude is built. He is a strong human being. So he has a great mix of power and athletic gifts. He's a little stronger than Jalen Brown would be. Um, and he's so elite out of the pick and roll. He has some mid-range shot creation. will hit a crossover and hit a tough mid-range shot. He is an extremely elite passer for the two-card position. He's the best passer I've seen since Jalen Williams, who's playing for Oklahoma City Thunder right now. A really good passer at the two-card position. He is an incredible pick-and-roll talent because he's so elite. He's elite everywhere. He's elite at getting to the rim. He's elite at shooting the three-ball. He's elite at shooting the mid-range. He's elite at making passes out of the pick-and-roll. He is an extremely elite, ready-to-be-that-guy-in-the-NBA pick-and-roll operator right now. Um, He's incredible. And he's also a very good defender. Like He gave Dalton Deck issues all game he is so athletic he's so strong he's so smooth he reminds me of Jay LeBron defensively as well right if I had to put his NBA scoring moves and his passing into perspective I think his skill reminds me a lot of Donovan Mitchell like where you have to really deal with the dilemma of Donovan Mitchell can go get to the rim and finish at an extremely elite rate so you can't play close to him so then his ability to shot create makes more of an impact and he has tough step backs and tough moves on the pick and roll and he makes really good passes Donovan Mitchell is a really good passer and Tara Shannon could be just as good of a passer this is a guy that is scary um He's he has no flaws right now. Even if the forty percent three point percentage comes down to earth a little bit, maybe thirty six, thirty seven percent. That's still amazing. Um, this is a guy I believe in a lot. Uh, right now he's a second rated guy in my big board. He's a top three pick talent. And if I keep if I watch him do this, what he did just in this last game, one more game, I'll be talking about number one pick. Uh, this dude is insane. This this elite pick and roll talents. Even though he's a senior. Does not come around often. Uh, he might be the best two-guard talent I've ever scouted. Uh, and I love Jalen Green coming out of the draft. But, man, because he has no flaws. There's not There's not like, oh, he won't be strong enough for the No, he's going to be a strong guy in the NBA. No, he won't be athletic. No, he's a very good athlete. No, he may, can't make those passes in the pick roll. No, he's a very good passer. He can't finish at the rim. He's not athletic enough to get there. No, he can do that. Nah, he can't really do anything else other than get to the rim. We'll tell that to the shot creation ability that's so elite that I have to use Donovan Mitchell to put his shot creation ability into 
you know, relative terms. Uh, you know, to the people out there that want to say, oh, he's not a freshman. Well, tell that to Steph Curry. Steph Curry came out as a junior. Did that mean that he ran out of potential? Donovan Mitchell came out as a junior, I'm pretty certain. Does that mean he ran out of potential? Dame came out as a junior. I think Steph actually came out as a senior. Dame came out as a junior. Does that mean he ran out of potential and came out of college? Right, like, there is a ton of guys that have come out, not freshman year, needed to take time, and become the guys that they became and still had more potential to become. He's a senior. He's still 22, 23. That's a he's a young guy. He's young. He still has more room to grow as as a basketball player, which is scary. This this dude has no flaws. There is not a single area on the court that he can't score from at an elite level. And I, I can't dudes 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 are the real deal. The dude's the real deal. And the scary thing is when you put in the NBA, huh, you don't have two bigs in the paint. <laughs> Spacing. Uh-huh. Yeah. His elite athletic gifts plus spacing equals scary. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, I I was really higher on him than everybody else coming out of last year's draft class. He didn't he didn't stay in that draft class. I had him ranked like 17. I was really high on him. Everybody had him in the second round and man went ah, wow. Terrence Shannon took his weaknesses and became strengths. What if he does that for the next 8 years? This dude's potential is insane. Uh, you know, one day he can give Anthony Edwards a run for the money for, you know, what we think could be the best shooting guard conversation in a few years. Because Terrence Shannon's got it all, man. It's insane watching him play at Illinois. And, you know what I mean? And as a lot of people just have these barriers and want to put him in the boxes and things of that nature. But Terrence Shannon definitely seems like a, an elite worker. And there is no denying that the elite worker, because you can't deny the progression that he's made. It's an, it's so impressive. And he just, he's, and even in that game, like he took guarding Dalton Neck so seriously. He chased him around every off ball screen. There wasn't a single minute, single second, half second where anybody else guarded Dalton Neck that whole game. And he's the engine of Tennessee's offense. You want to know why? Because he takes that positional matchup personally. And he he ran around those screens with such high effort. He really wanted to shut him down. He he has the edge. There's edges that special players have. And when you have special gifts like this and special mentality and edges, we start talking about really great players. And that's the kind of guy that you would talk about as a number one pick level talent. And he's looking like that. Right now, I'm great in his top three. I watch one more game. I keep on seeing this. Him and Alex Sarr are going to have a conversation about who's the number one pick because, wow, Terrence Shannon. He's number two on the big board, and there's nobody close. There is nobody close to being number two to him. It's so impressive. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. All right, so the next game to break down is Clemson versus Pitt. So Pitt has a guy named P.J. Hall, six foot ten. Right now, he's he's having a great statistical season. 11 games played, 20 points per game, 6 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 2.35 blocks, 56% field goal percentage, 77% free throw percentage, and 39% three-point percentage. <clears throat> and uh, so when I talk about P.J. Hall, those stats are amazing. Uh, you know, the three-point shot looks real. He has incredible post skill. Great touch in the post. Great post moves. He's extremely elite in the post. Uh, the issue is he's not a center. And even though he can shoot the three, I don't even think he can guard bench forwards, forwards in the NBA. He is way too slow. Way, way, way too slow. Quickness-wise is just really poor. He's extremely tight-hipped. He moves laterally extremely slowly. I just don't think he can stay in front of anybody in the NBA. I could see somebody taking him in the late second round, you know, thinking maybe he can become Osman Dang one day. Not Osman Dang, George Niang one day. Uh, but he'd have to make a ton of growth at the lateral abilities, you know. So right now I have him great as an undrafted guy, but it's sad though because if this was any time in NBA history before 2010, he'd be a top five pick. Because 
dude's got incredible post touch and post footwork and you know he could shoot the three really elitely and he would be able to guard other power forwards right him being slower wouldn't be a, that big of an issue so yeah it's sad that you you know we see guys like this a lot where it's a little kevin lovish he's just a little slower and more tight-hipped but kevin lovish post skill wise sure it's just that's just not in the nba anymore that post game even if you're ridiculously elite at it unless you can play center and he can't play center so it just doesn't exist sadly for him but you know incredible college basketball player wow yeah Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and break down the next guy, who is Carlinton Carrington. This is the second time we've watched him play. We'll go over his, he's a 6'5 point guard. He's averaging 13.8 points per game after 12 games played, uh, off of 5.3 assists, 5 rebounds, 42% field goal percentage, 78% free throw percentage, and 30% three-point percentage. You know what I mean? So when I was watching him play, I definitely feel like I confirmed to myself that this guy's weakness is finishing at the room. He's definitely very weak at it. You know what I mean? He has some definitely super elite three-point and mid-range shot creation, but his shooting splits have plummeted. <laughs> Last time we talked, he was shooting 40% for the three-point line. Now he's shooting 30%. So, you know, the whole buy-in since he's not an elite three-point shooter is, oh, yeah, this guy can definitely, definitely shot create in the three-point line in the mid-range at the next level. Well, now, with those terrible shooting splits, you can't be as sold on it as you used to be. So, right now, I have him as a a high second-round draft pick. You know what I mean? The skills still intriguing, still six foot five. But those shooting splits plummeting when that was really the draftable trait for him is a real issue for it when we're talking about NBA drafts. Hopefully those splits move up, uh, but you know that's a real issue right now. So he's an early second round draft pick, thirty one through thirty five is my grade on Carlinton Carrington. All right, so the Christmas special, the six guy, six game. We usually do five. Is a uh, UC Santa Barbara AJ, AJ Mitchell, six five point guard, who's moving up in the second round and third round. That's not third. That three rounds an NBA draft. Second round or late first for a lot of people. Um, six foot five. His shooting splits are incredible. Uh, eight games played. 52% field goal percentage, 37% th- 47% three-point percentage, 88% free throw percentage, which is insane, of 20 points per game, four rebounds, four assists. It, those are really great shooting splits. He's definitely a slower guy, and he's, a, he's in a general sense, he's a below-average athlete. Um, and, you know, he makes really good de- decisions passing-wise. He's an average passer. You know, he definitely seems like he can hit good, good standstill three-point shots. He has a really good feel for finishing around the rim. Even though he's not a great layup guy, his, like, four to eight feet out shots that are extremely tough are NBA-level tough shots in the close of the rim that kind of make up for his weakness at finishing at the rim because he's not very athletically gifted. But he's still a 6'5". There's some really rare flashes of mid-range shot creation in the pick and roll. Um, no, somebody that he reminds me a lot of last year is Brandon Przemczyski, a first-round draft pick from the Golden State Warriors, who was a late first-round draft pick, who was a slower six-foot-five guy that had incredible shooting splits, but you know what I mean. That had the potential to become a really solid backup guard in the NBA, point guard in the NBA, and that's the way I view AJ Mitchell right now. I'm great, 26 or 30 in the NBA draft, you know what I mean? But the shooting splits are what's really carrying him. If those shooting splits go down, that he won't be nearly the high-quality prospect that he is right now. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's everything. That's all for this week. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and give you guys an intro of what's going on next week. So, on the 28th, the G League's going to G League Ignite's going to play against somebody. So, it's Ron Holland, Matas, Bozales, Izana, Lamanza, that whole crew. Definitely going to be much watch TV. And, you know, somebody that's been so hard to watch is Melvin Adhensia. I finally was able to watch the game of him, six foot seven. You are not going to miss that breakdown. Wow, was I impressed. 
wow. I, I, wow, was I impressed. Wow, wow, wow. Melvin and Hensia surprised me so much in that game. You're going to definitely want to hear this breakdown. It's going to be so much fun to talk about. Next game up, we have Indiana versus UConn. They played earlier in the year. Kylo Ware is shooting really well from the three-point line right now, like 40% seven-footer, so definitely want to watch it play. And even though Stefan Castle didn't play in that game for UConn, still get to watch Donovan Klingon play, who you guys have heard me break down, comped Roy Hibbert, have him as a late lottery pick right now. So those two guys, those two centers, it's going to be a really good game. I definitely watched this. It was really, really good and really fun to watch. You got Duke versus Duke versus Arkansas. Tyreek Proctor played in this game. Kyle Filipowski. We got to break down Trevon Brazil, which is the main guy from Arkansas. That's a six nine forward. A lot of people have an early second round. His shooting really his shooting splits are really good. And then the last game that we're gonna break down next week is Baylor versus Florida. So you have Jacoby Walter again, Jayla Bridges. Yavis Missy and Riley Kugel, who Riley Kugel's a late first round draft pick right now. He was really impressive in that game. We'll give a little intro to that. That was a really impressive game to watch. So yeah, that's the intro for next week. That's the games are gonna guys get get breakdown broken down for next week. You know, this this podcast is gonna come out Christmas week. I'm recording this Christmas Eve. You know, Merry Christmas to every guy everybody. Thank you guys for the support, all the likes, all the subscriptions, everything that you guys do. You know, hopefully you guys have a great Christmas and thank you for for listening.